Okay, on October 16th, 2023, the Bristol Boys are back. Actually, the Bristol Boys are here for the first time. Name change, everybody. It's going to cause people uh, uh, a lot of panic when they can't find the Lottie and Mac in the cul-de-sac. That's because um, you can only see that in, exi in museum exhibits from this point forward. We are the Bristol Boys, and we are back. We got Lottie and Mac. We got Angry Jay and the Don Father. We have a special guest tonight who we're going to introduce in a minute. The commish sadly can't be here. It's crunch time for Southington football, and he's got parent duty. Um, new Twitters and Instagrams forthcoming, Facebooks, TikToks. We're going to have it all, including Skygazer's big check, which is finally, we heard, in the mail. Um, did you guys plan for this evening, guys? No. Well, Jay, if you knew my friend Joe Moriello from Capital Securities, you'd know that proper planning prevents poor performance. And a life well-planned can be done so through a great segue. Capital Securities. Joining us tonight, special night, uh, Baseball is officially done. College baseball, even they put the, the spikes away and the gloves. Uh, indoor work from here on in, it probably, I would assume. But um, alum of St. Joseph's High School in Trumbull. Yes. Housatana Community College captain, University of Bridgeport captain. Uh, transitioned into coaching. Coached an AAU national champion. We're going to get into that. Uh, playing um, Coach that is alum UB, I believe. Believe Fairfield and then to his current home where he's been on quite a tear um, as the um, lead assistant for the CCSU, Central Connecticut State University Blue Devils, um, who have had bids to the postseason in 2010, 2017, 2019, 2021, and this year, 2023, we welcome our guest, Coach Pat Hall. Thanks for coming, Pat. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Okay, so Pat, we're not going to relive the, your Little League career and all that stuff, but I do want to say something about um, high school. Uh, St. Joe's, to me, says basketball. They had a baseball program? Yeah, we did. We were, we were just okay back then in the day. Even though we had this guy, Jeff Teresso, too. You guys might know him. He, I think he played center field. Uh, he played baseball? He was a baseball yeah. guy? Oh, wow, I did not know that. Oh, wow. He's I didn't just know that. He's a fella here in Bristol. Center field? Um, so just going back to those days. I'm not disparaging the baseball program. You guys had some monster classmates uh, that played basketball. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, even football for many years in the in the 80s and the 90s, um, they were outstanding. But in basketball, I mean, the years of, of Chris Watts and Marvin Sadler and Doremus Betterman and, and Matt Grass, and, and there's like you can go on and on, and um, Kerry Wilson, Johnny Jones, all these guys were great players. Um, in high school, and then and then went on to, to have successful college basketball careers. I can remember watching those guys. Angry, remember? Watch is the head coach Absolutely. at is head coach at Mercy College now. Is that true? You know, I'm not making it up. Coach, you know, uh, Coach Montelli's from Bristol. He's being bristling. I did know he went to. Uh, I want to say he went to Saint Anthony. He did. He went to Saint Anthony's High School. Um, You're right. Yeah, he was obviously legendary. Vito? Yes, he did. Legendary. He just passed away a little while ago. Mm -hmm. um, hell of a career. I mean, obviously made an impact on, on so many players, uh, not just in, in basketball, but I think throughout that that whole uh, that whole high school there, he was just, just uh, a figurehead that was pretty special. Did you ever try out for the, for the squad? Yeah, I actually played uh, freshman basketball, and then I realized pretty quick I, I was not even close to being good enough, so I put my time doing something else. Freshman center? <laughs> <laughs> Did Jeff Teresso try out for the basketball team? 
Yes, I think Jeff was on the basketball team when, when he was a freshman as well. Maybe sophomore, I can't quite remember. But, uh, yeah, he was the guy with the knee pads on running around and, uh, you know, diving on the floor for the loose balls. They still wear those? For the, They do. They do. It's funny he brings that up. Imagine that. Because Pat brought that up to me. Uh, he goes, all right, you you remember those days? What were they famous for? for, for? And it took me, I don't know. Ten seconds, yep. and I remember they had those maroon knee pads on, yeah. right? Yeah, they had them. I mean, for as long as I could remember. Um, obviously, I got there in '88 or whatever it was, and uh, they're still wearing them now. I think it was just it was something that that Vito wanted to implement years ago, so the guys would have no problem mm-hmm. on the floor. No excuses, for, right? Uh, for loose balls. Yeah, it says get down there. That's what yeah, it says. Absolutely. Um, Moving on. Why community college? Why Housatonic Community College? Um, I think part of the reason why was, I mean, I was kind of under, underdeveloped um, as a physically back then. Um, How big were you? And I was like 145 pounds. Nice. Me too. Yeah. As a senior? Yeah. Yeah. 5'8", yeah. yeah. 145. And, and there was a friend that I knew who was the head coach at the time, Eddie Sylvia. He was there for a long, long time. And, and Housatonic had a, a really good run in the junior college uh, level in baseball for years and had a lot of really good players play there and a bunch of professionals. Um, so it was a place where I could go and kind of get a little bit stronger and, and, and play around, um, get, get you know, schooling obviously for a few years was cheap and then uh, went on to the University of Bridgeport after that. Yeah, so it worked out for you, but I, I want to stick with that because you know, it worked for Pat. It worked for so many. It worked for a lot of basketball kids. It was a way to go to school. It was a way to go to school and have still have structure and be involved. It was a way to have a chance to get to the next level and get your degree at a four-year school and participate in a in a scholarship program. And um, you know, I, I was involved for a brief snapshot with Mattituck. We were called Naugatuck Valley at the time. You probably played against Mattituck. We sure did. With the great Mark D'Amelio. Mark D'Amelio, Richie Clark, Stephen Hine. There was a lot of really good players. Steve Hine went to WestCon after that. Is he from Danbury? He went, he went to the University of New Haven. New Haven. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's who it was. drafted, was a pro yeah. for, for many years. So, Quinn Sigmund, remember them? There was a Rick, right? Rhode Island Community College. There was uh, CCRI. CCRI, that's yeah, what they call uh, it. Massasoya, Yukon uh, Every Point, uh, yeah. um, which is which is still, still going. They're one of the few that are still going. Manchester? Manchester, Nor- Norwalk Community College. I mean, they won- oh, they were loaded. Yeah, they won a national championship. Yeah, when we played them at Municipal Stadium, there was no less than ten scouts back in those days back there with, with guns. Oh. Yeah, yeah you know, it was, uh, radar guns. We had beat yeah, them in '95 to go to the World Series, and then they, they, I think they won it in '94. They might have won it twice, um, but they had an undefeated season at some point. They're like 55 and all, or something like that. That's Is Cashman running our state where we're not doing that for kids anymore? <laughs> Is Cashman in charge hey, we'll, of the community college? We'll get college to him course? later. Jeez. Give the kids a chance. All right. Um, so playing days would come to an end at some point. Was there ever a doubt you go into coaching? Um, there, there was a slight uh, – I, I went into sales for about six months, and I, I realized it wasn't any, any fun. So Oof. the first job that I, I took in college coaching was back at the University of Bridgeport. I made $750 for the entire year. <laughs> <laughs> that was my salary for the year. So I go back and I think about it, and I'm not sure why I did it, but uh, I was young enough to do it, and um, and then the rest has is, is been pretty good. Yeah. Um, on to Fairfield after that? Was that uh, the first I went, division? I went to New Haven for a year and worked with Porky for a year. Oh. 
Um, and then after that, I went to, I uh, had an opportunity to go to Fairfield and work for John Slozar for like four and a half years. And that was, that was fun. It was a, it was a good environment, obviously great, great university. And then, uh, on to, uh, Central Connecticut with Charlie Hickey. And this is my 16th year there. Wow. 16. I think you just missed a Thomas boy by one year at Fairfield. Which one? Kyle Capaldo pitcher. He was after me. Yeah. One year, I think. Yeah. Um, Maybe two, but anyway, uh, 16 years. Uh, I definitely want to talk a lot about Central. Um, there, there's a lot to talk about, but being an assistant coach for that long, you know, I, I talk to other assistant coaches. Geez, Angry Jay is one. Um, we have friends that, you know, are, are involved somewhat in coaching, and it seems like every assistant coach wants their own program. Um, how, are you content or are you waiting to get your own program? And if, if you could, do you care what level it's at? Um, I, do, I do care. And, and, yeah, obviously you put yourself in a position after all these years to want to wanna have your own program. But, you know, Charlie Hickey has done an unbelievable job there. He did an unbelievable job at Providence. I've learned a tremendous amount um, under him. And I probably wasn't. I've had a few opportunities along the way. But, you know, quite honestly, I'm, I'm probably – better suited now than I ever been um, just because of paying attention to how he does things and how he doesn't overreact to things and being patient with young players um, and running the program you know is, is I think is as good as anybody in the Northeast obviously there's a few other teams with UConn um, Fairfield does there's so many good programs in, in, in the Northeast now um, and I think part of it is because of the resources that they have put forward in baseball across athletics that back 20 years ago didn't exist. You know, there's full-time assistant coaches now. Hmm. There's more scholarship money now. The facilities are better now. You know, back travel. The, yeah, travel is good. Obviously, you're going to go and try to play early on down in Florida or, or a lot of a lot of the schools go down. Like last year, we opened up with LSU. Soft schedule, huh? How'd that go? Yeah, it wasn't so good. <laughs> it wasn't so good. I'm the national champs. They were national champs. They were unbelievable. I want to get back to them in a, in a bit, too. But um, So at CCSU, would you consider yourselves mainly uh, recruiters in Connecticut or the tri-state area, or d does it matter? Um, well, Historically, we've been doing mostly everything in Connecticut, uh, just based off of the fact that our scholarship money goes further. Um, so mm -hmm. it, it allows us to go out and get the players, you know, in this area that are really good players, and and um, and make it affordable for them. Now, what's happened the last few years is Central Connecticut has um, they put this this tuition in place that's called NEBI. And this was about five years ago, so everybody from New England essentially goes to Central Connecticut just over in-state tuition. Yeah, we have that too, yeah. At, yeah. at Eastern, yeah. At Eastern. And now what they've done, the Board of Regents just okayed every state um, in the United States to have this now. So oh, there's no. going to be, you know, from a recruiting standpoint... Pennsylvania is a really good uh, they, they added New York and New Jersey last year so we got a bunch of kids from there and now like Pennsylvania is an unbelievable state to recruit there's a lot of really good players so I think we're gonna try to go there um, because now we can compete with those in-state schools from a from a monetary standpoint but historically we I would say 75% of our roster is is Connecticut 
So, Coach, you, you make the NCAA regional last year. You open up with South Carolina. When they're like taking BP and infield, do you just notice like just they're just different? They're just built differently physically, or you know, tell us a little bit about that experience of, of going down there and playing a team like that from the SEC. Yeah, I mean, I think you know you got to have somebody on the mound that can 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 combat what what they're going to try to accomplish at the plate because they're they're you know what what people don't understand is they. They're one through nine are super physical. They mm -hmm. can run. Um, they don't make mistakes. They play unbelievably fast. Um, and if you make a mistake, um, they're going to punish you. So, you know, we had a guy on the mound who, who had a good year. He was an all-conference pitcher. Um, but he was essentially our number two guy, Jake Newman, out of Southern Southern, yeah. And um, he's had a great career for us. He was a freshman All-American as a freshman. Um but he had walked a few guys and he hit a few guys. We kicked a couple balls and and then it just gets out of hand pretty quick. And, and um, you know, I go back to to when we played Cal in 2019 and they were 22nd and they had won the, the Pac-10 or whatever they call it now, Pac-12. And they... Um, Pac-4. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they had uh, two first rounders. Um, the kid Andrew Vaughn and I forgot the other kid's name. He went to Houston, but we had Tommy Curtin, and and Tommy Curtin was a guy that is a, he's a Bristol kid, tough, and he was able to keep him off balance. And we figured out a way to win because we didn't hurt ourselves. We didn't walk guys. We didn't hit guys. You know, we didn't kick any balls that day. But if you do that to those teams, they're they're gonna make you pay. That's neat talking about that level of opponent for the Blue Devils. Um, I got I got to ask you something. So, you're the recruiting coordinator there. I I, so, what do you look for in a high school kid? Because every listen, as a Division three coach, everybody thinks they're playing at UConn for for us, and then we have to finally tell them like, listen, I'm the only guy showing up, so you're probably a Division three player. Now you are a Division one coach. I mean, is there something you look for? Yeah, you know, I. I I try to look for um, guys that have really good battery um, because at our level, you have to want to put the work in to um, to be able to compete against the higher levels. So from a position standpoint, I'm looking for guys that can run. I'm looking guys for guys that can handle the bat, guys that aren't going to strike out a lot, um, and guys that can defend. Because, as we know, baseball is a game of repetition. And if you can go out there and catch a ton of ground balls, which we do, you know, and get a ton of swings in and be able to do the little things, then, you know, more times than not, you'll be able to compete against those guys. Will you be able to beat them? Uh, you know, one, one time here, one time there. But, um, you know, that's what we kind of look for is a guy that really wants to work. Um, and that, that has, obviously, you got to have talent. you got to have bat speed. you got to have arm strength. Um, that type of stuff, but you know, pitching wise, we're looking for guys that can spin a breaking ball. Um, you know, you're going to be in that 85 to 88 range when you're young, and then hopefully move on and be a guy that you know, with some strength and some coaching, to get up in that 90 range. But you got to have great pitch ability. And the, the thing that I, I talk about a lot is, you know, I think it's been seven straight years that that we've led the conference and walk walks allowed. 
and that's that's a huge part of of what we preach. We give up hits, mm-hmm. but you know, don't beat yourself. Yeah, Minnesota exactly. Twins, right? Yeah, Coach, I'm I'm happy to hear that. <clears throat> I know the game has changed, especially with the pitchers. It's all about the radar gun now at the major league level. So I'm glad you guys look for for something different. Do you think there's a you think there's going to be a time where the Jimmy Keys, those type of pitchers, exist again at the major league level? You know, they know how to pitch. They change the eye level of the batter, in and out, up and down, changing speeds. Because right now, everybody that comes out of the bullpen is pitching harder than the, the guy they replaced, right? Is there going to be some type of balance at some point, or do you think it's just so far gone with these showcases and the, and the, the you know, the the importance they're putting on the velocity of the fastballs. I don't think the velocity will ever change out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the velocity out of the bullpen, they're just going to run those guys through, and, you know, everybody's 94, 95 to 100. And um, that, I don't think that's ever going to change. I do think that from a starting standpoint, you know, what people don't understand is, or they don't pay attention to, is that the average fastball still in the big leagues is still like 93.4 miles an hour. You know, so everybody thinks everybody throws 97, but, mm-hmm. you know, in reality, there's a lot of guys that throw 91, 92, you know, starters, um, and that can pitch. Are we ever going to see the Jimmy Keys? You know, I'm not quite sure we'll see those, you know, upper 80s left-handers. Um, and, and I think it's just because everybody puts that emphasis on velocity. Um, and it's been something that where... We've seen the lowest batting average in the history right. of Major League Baseball now because of that, or, or because that's one of the reasons why. And we could talk about hitting, you know, as well, but, you know, the pitching aspect has really jumped. So the, the hitters are, I think, I don't think they're ever going to, they're going to get away from that. I got to ask you this, because this drives me nuts. Do you guys do this, or do you believe in, like, the, the starter, like, not being able to go through a third time? Through the order. No, that drives me nuts. No, so our number one, um, I have, I have a motto. My motto is if the guys in the bullpen aren't better than the guy in the mound, and the guy in the mound staying in the game. I like, <laughs> I like it. And you know, we had a kid Dominic Nyman who's from West Hartford, who now, you know, he spent four years with us, and had an extra COVID year, and and he's now, um, he's at Kentucky. He spent these, you know, he got a full ride to Kentucky with an IL money, but he threw a hundred innings last year for us. Um, nice. And struck out 104 and was the second team All American and held, uh, you know, um, Campbell, who, which was the, um, you know, the, the highest scoring offense in the country last year, was Campbell. And he had him, you know, for six and two thirds in the regional and gave Woo. him two runs. Um, and then Coach Hall screwed it up and, and brought in the wrong lefty and should have brought in the righty and we ended up losing. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm to answer your question. I, I am a big believer in the guy. I try to tell them they get they, their goal is to go seven innings every time out. Coach, I'm, I'm just curious. You know, the Atlanta Braves of the '90s. Though, you know, the, those guys are Hall of Famers. Those that pitching staff, but they threw a lot in between starts, right? I think they were even tossing a football in the outfield uh, quite a bit. What is your philosophy about uh, having these guys pitch um, or throw the ball in between starts or? You know, depending on how many innings they pitched, is where's the balance? There? Mainly your weekend starters, right? Yeah. So our weekend guys, they they they, they will throw six days a week. Okay. Um, and we throw football two or three days a week. We throw the ball the football on on our uh, game day start um, in the outfield. That's the first thing we do. Um, 
is throw the football actually as we start to get warm up and then and then we we go on to the baseball um i just think it gives you a good arm path and uh and, and our guys have kind of really you know they, they enjoy it they've seen success out mm -hmm. of it and anytime that they see success they're they're going to continue to do it um so you know from that standpoint from a throwing standpoint you know, if they throw 120, and that's my number, like not early on they'll start, like their first start of the year might be 80, 85 pitches, but by the time we get to the conference, like they can throw 115 pitches once a week. That's and warmer. And be fine, you know. And and then what we do is the day after we throw um, or our start day, we'll, we'll play catch, and then the next day we'll, we'll do long toss. The next day we'll play catch, do maybe like a change-up set, breaking ball set, and then we'll do what we call a short box. So it's like a 50-foot bullpen, just throwing down and, and, and getting the feel and then throwing their bullpen, you know, maybe two days before their start. And they usually won't throw the day before their start. So it's really the only day they don't That's throw. interesting huh, that stuff interesting. right I there, know, man. I didn't realize you throw that much. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'm, a, I'm a big believer in, in, in throwing the ball long. Like I love I, it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I know we're in an era where – you know, guys want to run and gun and throw the ball into a net and try to gain velocity. And there's, I guess, a place for that. Um, I don't, I don't believe. I don't want to say I don't believe in it. I don't do it a lot. Um, I'm a believer in it. The, the further you can throw the ball on a line, the harder you're going to throw. I mean, I had an opportunity to talk to Verlander maybe four or five years ago and talk to him about it. And Verlander was like, if you eat, sleep keep your body in great shape and can throw the ball on the lawn on, on the line 250 feet you're going to throw hard and that was pretty much how simple he now he's pretty good but yeah a little bit <laughs> i get thrown about 50 feet on the line. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah he also looked like he, he was being given up on and and uh like now was, look at him yeah. now look at him and then he has tj and he had it right yeah yeah and now look at him and like Guy's amazing. I mean, look at Go the, the kid from uh, from Toronto, Kevin Go Gozman. Gozman. Yeah. I mean, he was DFA'd in 2018 right. by the Reds. He's reinventing himself, definitely. You know, yeah. And, and That's now he's a finalist for, for for Cy Young this year. Um, speaking of which, this just in Garrett Cole, Cy Young. Speaking of the other guy, do you see the National League winner? Yeah. What about him? He now has two Cy Youngs. Yeah. Mike Snell. You know how many complete games he has? Probably none. He has zero on his Get career. Get out of here. Two Cy Youngs. No, Man, I'm no disgusted by that. Come on. That's kind of why I was asking him. Walter Johnson, get out there and pitch, dude. Jeez. Um, can we can we get back to the CCSU players that you've had a privilege to coach? Um, uh, i got to do this. i got to start with some Berkshire Leaguers. You, I know you had at least Evan Scribner. Scribner was before me. Oh, he was before he you. He was before me. But Piakowski before you? He was before me. Do you have any Berkshire Leaguers then? Probably not. I'm not sure. I'm, well, what, what is the Berkshire League exactly? What are we talking about? What teams oh, are in there? Oh, easy over there. There we go. We're a CCC. Uh, we're talking, let's go CCC. <laughs> Usually played our last basketball game around St. Patrick's oh, Day. Oh, God, here we uh, go. How about the NVL? You've had good success in the NVL, right? Yeah, you know, we've had success there. We've had success at the, in Amity. Some kids from mm. Amity, Amity had a lot of success down in Montville. Um, you know, it, it, we've had a, a bunch of different I mean, kids from Fairfield Prep. This kid Dean Lockery, who I talk about a lot, he was recruited by us in Keene State, and uh, he was a he could have been a Division One hockey player. He was a, a captain of the uh, hockey team at Fairfield Prep, who was historically Ooh. one of the best 
in the state every year, and he he uh, he lived in New Haven, and he took a, uh, a train from New Haven in high school every year and walked from the train station to Fairfield Prep. And um, this kid, nobody recruited him, but I had an opportunity to coach him in, in, for the Connecticut Blue Jays, and I just knew he had an unbelievable battery, like I was talking about earlier. And uh, Dean started for four years. He never missed one game in four years. He had 200 and 60 career hits and was drafted by the Pirates. And, you know, he was like a 280 hitter in pro ball and then decided that he, he was done and was going to go um, start his real estate business, which he's doing now and doing a great job. But, you know, there's there's a lot of those stories at our level, at that mid-major level, where you get a kid that's just his talent's untapped and he gets to work and, you know, you get him stronger and then two or three years later, boom, something special happens. TT, what's his uh, ceiling? Um, I just, it's funny, TT is an unbelievable human being. He just came down, just got back from the Arizona Fall League where he hit, he did okay out there. And he came back and, and as soon as he was back, he came back to school and sat down in the office for a half hour with his, his cousin's buddy, Dwayne, which is another Montville kid, um, who's a winner. I mean, those guys won a lot of games growing up. That's something else that we were talking about, what he would look for earlier. And, and I didn't mention it, but guys that win, like... There's something about those guys that, that win. It's not an accident, usually. No, no it's it's not. And uh, but TT, if he can stay healthy, he's going to have a chance. Yeah, he just has to stay healthy. You know, he's got he, the body. He had, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a Tommy John for us. He had an ACL for us. Then he broke his hamate bone this year. Um, but they 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 obviously think something of him by putting him in the Arizona Fall League. I think he had five or six homers out there. Let's this go. Fall. Um, but he's going to hit it as far as anybody, um, and he's super athletic <laughs> at first base. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that he could have one. You know, I think he's going to start in Double A AA or Triple A this year, um, and I'm hoping that they, he can he can get a shot. Yeah, he's he's a big Coach Hall fan. I know that. Um, talking to him one time. Um, other other kids from the Naugatuck Valley League. I know Wolkett. You've had a couple Wolkett kids. Yeah, Jeff Nickel now, um, who's who's a starting catcher this this past year. Um, he's really really grown and yeah, he's gotten a lot stronger and and been able to shorten his swing up. He's gotten better, uh, much better defensively behind the plate. Uh, great leader, good student, good family. Um, just just a great all around leader. Um, all right, so I got to ask you. I don't want you to draw lines in the sand, but let's talk about your opponents, actually. Who were some of the best guys you played against as a um, coach for the Blue Devils? Well, I mean, this past Any household names? Yeah, I mean, this... Well, household names, yeah. I mean, George George Springer, Nick Ahmed. You played against them at Central? Yeah, when they were Oh, UConn. you played at UConn? Okay, When we right. played UConn. Um, Pat Light was a pitcher... Was a first round pick by Boston. Hmm. Made it to the big leagues. Um, he pitched for Monmouth um, back in the day, maybe I don't know, maybe eight nine years ago. Um, it might even have been further back than that. Um, but obviously, the guys at UConn, you, you, you're going to run through that one team in 2000. Michael, I mean that team in 2010 and 11. I think that six six guys, six or seven the, guys. Play with the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw his I first think. hit. They played the Tigers. That was one. He got a single or won a game against the Tigers in the bottom of the 10th yeah. in Arlington. He just That's actually awesome. just got married this past week. He married Lee Mazzilli's uh, 
Totally. Yeah, he was on Get that team too, right? Yeah. Mazzilli's kid was on the team. Ryan Moore was on that team from St. Paul. Yep. Yep. Mazzilli's yep. a friendly guy. Um, so, uh, what'd you say? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I had the privilege of running into Lee at a at a Rock Cats event. Oh, you t- I thought you were talking about Ryan Moore. I'm like, couldn't be a nicer kid. <laughs> no, I was talking about the original Italian Stallion, number 16 <laughs> for the Mets. Uh, real peach. Um, getting back to that AAU uh, team. Could have been you. National champs. Was yeah. that the team George was on? Um, George was on one that won it. Um, Barnes was on one that won it, Matt Barnes. Um but they weren't on that one. It was just a group of kids um, trying to go back and think about who it was. It was this kid, Jesse Frawley, um, who ended up pitching at Central. He was a Bethel kid. Um, John Simonelli, this kid, Carl Winkler from New Britain. Uh, you're trying to, uh, no, those days are, are a little foggy. It was about maybe 15 years ago. Oh, you're doing now, a good I, job. I though. was hoping it was the Springer crew because I really wanted to just get to that. That was a segue well, to that. Let's go. All right. So um, I know you're still close with them. Um, yep. The last time I saw him in person, we brought Lottie and I went to the stadium. He didn't play like the day before, maybe the two days before. They ended up getting five hits. Yeah. Um, we went with two non baseball slash Yankee fans, and we never heard the end of it. Five hits. You know, next day I don't think he played. So like, wh- I know you never sell your boy out, but like, um, well, before we get to that, how special was he? I mean, like, what is it about him? Well, it's 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 funny because when when George came in the room, and I'll never forget it when he was. We were down in Norwalk at the time when we started, and at this place called Grand Slam, and his father had called. George and he had said, "Hey, I have a son that is, does this. He pitches. He, you know, he's a hitter. He sh- just struck out um, 18 out of 18 in the little league game." And I'm like, "All right, yeah, I'm like, all right, buddy. Like, okay, yeah, come on down. All right, we'll we'll work him out and see what happens." And he came in and he was, I mean, as small as can be, little peanut, arms everywhere, legs everywhere. He was pumping his hands at the plate, and you know, and it worked out. And come to find out, you know, he was going to be the best player on the team at 12. And he was the smallest guy on the team as well. Um, And he just had uh, athletic ability. And part of that is because his mother um, is a gymnastics coach, um, I believe in Avon or or over there somewhere. And she still does it to this day. And he was in in gymnastics when he was like three years old. Um, So when he does things Physically, um, he was able to do a lot of different things at a young age that other people weren't able to do because of, of knowing body control. That's awesome. Um, but from a human being standpoint, he's, he's outstanding. I mean, I played golf with him last week, and I talked to him yesterday. and We, we, we spend a lot of time together still. Um, he's a great teammate. That's something that we always preach is try to be a great teammate. Um, he keeps the circle real small. He's not a social media guy. Um, somebody runs the social media. He doesn't even have it on his phone or anything. He probably should. He'd probably make more money if he did. But I think he's doing okay. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, from his standpoint, he's he's. Uh, I do think he's got a few more good years left in him too. Well, that was where I was going. Um, you know, being a Yankee fan, don't want any Astros doing well. It was kind of neat when he got up there, and you'd heard his name a little bit, and you followed the Huskies and. 
And then, uh, by the way, it was he was tied for eighth in rookie of the year voting. There were two Yankees ahead of him in 2014. I mean, granted, he only played in, I think, 70-something games. So I don't know whether he was being platooned. I know he didn't come up right away, so he might have been late, but early enough to still be considered a rookie. Yeah, I remember when he came up. He was he came up with a splash like right away. Yeah, he came up late. They they should have brought him up a lot earlier, but there was you know obviously back then they're trying to get away from it now, um, but they don't want to bring him up. It was, it was the money reason. Service yeah, time service type stuff. Right. Yeah. You guys know who won it in 2014? Uh, Slugger for the White Sox. I'm not gonna. Abreu. Yeah. I'm curious about the Yan- Who were the two? Number Yanks? three was a Yankee, big reliever, big. Stature-wise, I can't believe this. He'd be ever ahead of George Springer on any list. Batances. Oh, wow. oh, get out of here! Yeah. And then um, for a few years there. And then a legit guy, uh, you know, a starter that we got from another continent, um, 2014. Uh, Kuroda. Hideki <laughs> <laughs> Kuroda. No, Masahiro, yeah, man. Tanaka. Yeah, Masahiro. I thought you were talking about Gr- Greg Bird. I don't know oh, what you're talking about. Up. Shut but Tandis is 2014, really? God, I would have guessed like that was 2008. Only, that was only nine years ago, right? <laughs> no, yeah, it seems like he. So World Series MVP though, and we got almost 250 homers. Like reaching one of those big milestones, probably out of the question. Probably gets over 300. And yeah, I don't like when comes to, I don't like when he comes to bat. Me neither. I like it that he doesn't come to bat as much anymore, at least against us. Yeah. But can you any insight on that? Like his health or anything you yeah, can yeah, yeah. or can't I mean, share. I mean, this past year, I think, um, I mean, he was sick uh, for the first month and a half of the season. He, he had lost almost 20 pounds. Um, people didn't really recognize that, but that that was part of the issue. And then there was there was a little bit of a, a, a swing flaw that was going on that, that he went back and, and spent some time at looking at some of his stuff when he was in Houston. And um, he started to fix it, and as, as the season went on, he had some pretty good stretches. Um, obviously, he came off that elbow surgery last year, which, which kind of hindered him a little bit too. But, you know, he plays so goddamn hard that those things are going to happen um, where guys are diving and, and, and stuff like that. I think, you know, well, I, I do think he's got another 30 homer season that's ahead of him here. And, and um I, I think he keeps himself in, in unbelievable physical condition um, and, and pays attention to his body and, and I do think he's gonna he's gonna have a couple good ones left. What's it look like off the tee for him? Hard. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Coach, I wanna stay with the MLB just for a sec. The rule changes that they instituted, especially the uh, the pitch clock. Do you think that lent itself to more pitching injuries just because of the I don't know, it just seemed like there was a lot more injuries with the pitchers. And do the rule changes, did they affect CCSU? Do they trickle down to the college level with the pitch count? And I mean, the pitch clock, uh, three batters, every, you know, reliever's got to go to three batters. So the reliever rule does not, okay. uh, it's not in effect in college, but the pitch clock is, and, and I thought I was going to hate it. And I, yeah. I absolutely love it. I think we all did yeah. too, and we, we loved it too. Yeah. So, okay. I, I think the pickoffs do not um, come and play in college either. So you can still control the running game, which mm-hmm. is good. I, I, that's the one rule that I think they need to get rid of at the at the big league level because I mean, guys, you know, they're going to set records that are quite frankly ridiculous based off of the fact that you're going to throw over twice and then and then you're gone, and yeah, and you're gone. Yep. And, and uh, you know, Ricky Henderson would have 400 stolen bases <laughs> a year if if that was a fact. 
Gotcha. You but you don't, the, you don't think it affects the pitchers with the injuries? It was just maybe coincidental that they had to get it and throw it right away, or um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I haven't, yeah. I haven't done a deep dive into that and, and understood that at all. But um, I'd be interested to, to look into it and see um, if that continues. Because if it does, then, then then they should make an adjustment. Coach, <laughs> tell our audience and these guys. When you call pitches, what that process is like compared to what it was like ten years ago. So now I have uh, I have a headset on and um, and the, the catcher has a, a an earpiece in and um, you know I I think sometimes I call pitches before the baseball is even thrown back to the pitcher <laughs> um, because what I'm trying to do is I am trying to get the game moving as fast as possible to get our guys in the dugout to keep the momentum on our side. So, um, you know, it, it makes life a lot easier. Um, I think I'm going to go to a watch system this year, which essentially what I do is I just punch in the, the pitch, um, and then the, the pitcher will have it on his watch, the, the catcher will have it, the shortstop will have it, the center fielder will have it. Um, so it makes life um, – so much simpler as far as from stealing science standpoint, you know, and from the speed of the game. You know, I think what now with the earpiece that I'm doing to the catcher, there's still a sign that's being given. So the guy who's at second base, I mean, just like anything, I mean, people can try to steal signs for, for as long as the game's been going on. Um, but it will eliminate that. So a lot, most of the schools in the SEC, the ACC, the Power Fives have the watches. So they, they just tap a button? Bobby Mack, did you know that? Is that why you asked? I knew or? about the earpiece. I didn't know about didn't, the watch. That's crazy. I, I didn't realize like the, the shortstop and the center field. Oh, they all have it. They all have it. What does it look like? A watch? It looks like um, a small, really small uh, Apple Watch. That's what it looks like. Hmm. I'm against it. I, I know it's as a coach and as the game ev- ev- evolves or whatever. That's kind of cool, man. Not for me, man. I think part of that's the gamesmanship of being clever enough to not let the guy steal your sign and then taking care of business if they do, whichever the, whatever that means to you. Um, <laughs> it, it just just seems so robotic where it's like, you know, Drago fighting another Drago or something, you know what I mean? Like uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. I want people's minds moving. Yeah, I just, and, I, and, I, and I understand that, that component to it because, you know, I'm, I'm taking a guess that everybody here on this, on this podcast is – you know, a little old school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I still I, can't get past the bases, though. It still bothers me. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm not, I'm not interested. I can't. In the bases yeah. At all the bases being too big is. I'm not sure. There you go, Jay. You happy now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a pizza box. It's right. Don, nothing would would rile the Don Father up worse than him in slow pitch softball when the guy in second base would <laughs> make terrible. that big arc and steal the sign that the uh, two mile an hour meatball is coming in yet again and to stay back, but. Um, Anyway, um, Coach, transfer portal. Okay. Your yeah. thoughts? Is it a- At first, I, I did not vote for it. Um, I did not want to deal with it because um, I'm a big fan of player development and, and being patient with guys. But I will say this, that our best offensive player last year was a transfer from Boston College who was a graduate student, uh, Ramon Jimenez. Um, he had 350 <laughs> and 13 or 14 homers, and we wouldn't have got him 
Well, that's that's not true. Let me let me rephrase that because we, you know, if they're if they had graduated prior the prior rules, you still would have been able to get that kid. But you know, I think you can stay old, which means if you stay old, a lot of times you're going to stay better, and you're going to have a better team. Now that hinders the kids that are 17, 18 years old that are now coming in and that they have to sit. And if they don't like it, then they go into the portal and they, they transfer to another Division One, or they'll go to a Division Two or Division Three. I think there's been, there's a lot more parity now between the one, twos, and threes because kids don't want to sit. They don't want to be patient, so they're going to jump to one of these other schools. And obviously Eastern Connecticut has been as good as anybody, but if you go back and look at their national championship team, I think there was whole bunch you know, of UConn guys. There's a ton of them, and, yeah. and, 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 it, and it worked for them. And those kids had a great experience um, winning a national championship. So at first, I fought it. I didn't like it. But now I'm like, okay, these are the rules, and i got to play by them. And if I don't, I'm getting passed by. Have you guys had any problems with, okay, if you had been a mid-major, somebody really good leaving or, or being re- basically recruited with the nil money for – yeah. Like a power five? Yeah, so the kid Nyman this, this year um, had graduated and had the extra year and went to Kentucky. Um, Bowens, a few years ago when the portal came into place, um, he didn't end up transferring because he signed, but he was thinking about leaving and, you know, he could have probably gone to 20 different schools. I mean, Nyman got 25 offers in 24 hours. Wow. Woo! So, I mean, the money that's in the Power Five now is just monopoly money. It's just way different. Yeah, we never even think about it from a college baseball standpoint because we're big college hoop guys and college football, obviously, but it's trickled down to the baseball, that big of money, down south especially. Oh, yeah. With the SEC, yeah. I I would say, um, so there's a kid, Tommy White, who was a freshman, he was an All-American at NC State, his freshman year, he had 25 homers at NC State, and he transferred to LSU um, the following year from NC State. Um, and this past year, he was a sophomore and was their three hitter and played third base. And the numbers that I hear um, are are upwards of a half a million dollars, you know, for him. So we're talking about baseball and. You know, if you put put things in perspective, you know these are eighteen to twenty year old kids, and they're living in a twenty two year old kids, and they're living in a totally different, you know, atmosphere than when we grew up. And I've been a a, a big proponent of of paying players for a long time, mm-hmm. college players, and and the reason for that is in baseball. You have 11.7 scholarships for fully funded team, right? These guys are spending 20, 25 hours, 30 hours a week working and representing the university. And, and to me, I think that they, they should be paid. And I think this was long overdue, and this was just a way, the NIL was just a way to take care of them. And we watched from a basketball standpoint, you know, Donovan, you know, what what's going on with him and, and – and how he's been able to, he's, he's probably setting himself up, um, you know, financially for a long, long time. Kev Rash, you might know something about that, huh? We got room at Eastern Connecticut. <laughs> good, if he wants to play right point. away, good he could point. go down the road to Eastern, yeah. just like the baseball players did. Um, 
Yeah. Wow. What's what come? What's gonna come is like, it's so unpredictable. It's, it's, I just hope it's the not, NCAA it's stays what, intact. It's not what we knew, obviously, but. Um, I, I love those points, by the way, especially in the baseball with the eleven point seven scholarships. Wow, I would guess that's only that's it yeah. for a year, huh? Softball wow. too. And, Same, and right? Wow. And we're only allowed to scholarship um, twenty seven. That was my next question. Out okay, twenty seven. So, okay. You know, if you think about it, right? You got eight guys on a roster that are are paying the full freight, right? And quite quite honestly, it's more than that because what what most people do is they only scholarship 24 or 23 so the rest of the guys are paying because and they get like halves yeah i mean in, in baseball you have no choice but to give them 25 percent if you scholarship right you can't give them two grand okay. um so that's something that changed maybe 10 years ago um so you have to be able to give them 25 percent and and then Eventually, you know, you can bump them as the time goes, depending on how they do. But, you know, the money usually goes to pitchers, usually goes to catchers, usually goes to shortstop, center fielders, that type of thing, and then you then you figure it out from there. So when you said your recruiting money goes longer with in-state players, is the 11.7 based on an out-of-state applicant or student? Because in-state would be cheaper right off the rip, right? We have an allotment of money. At Central Connecticut, so um, we have X amount of dollars that we get to spend, um, and, it, and, it, and it comes out to be about eight scholarships um, is, is the number. So, you know, that's that's what we have. Um, you know, the Yukons of the world have 11.7 on all the Power Fives and so on and so forth. Um, so, not everybody that's at Division One has 11.7. Some people have five. You know, I don't want to go into what other people have mm-hmm. and, and, and nah, air nah. their dirty laundry. Understood. Yep. As soon as we uh, hit the record button. For <laughs> um, all right. So, Pat, we, we've played this this little game, and usually we go around the table, and this is going to be all you this time. Um, play this game called Who'd You Rather? We put up two guys. You say who who you who you take. And it based, it's based on whatever you want to do. Let's go around. Well, no, we, we've done some of these. So. You guys could chime in. This is for Pat, though. Go ahead. Um, from a baseball coaching perspective, uh, MLB managers, Tito Francona, recently retired, um, or Bruce Bochy? Oof, that's a good one. I'm going Bochy. Uh, Don Father, who, who you want? Tito. Jesus Christ. That's, <laughs> that's nothing to do with the, the manager either. Um, Pinella or Buck? Ooh, that's a tough one. Pinella. Buck. Pinella won one, though. It's all about titles. With who? The Reds. Wow, uh, man. Yeah. He beat, he beat the Bash brothers. Yeah. The A's, yeah. I love Buck. Four nothing, right? He sweep them? Yeah, a four one or four nothing. Yeah, four nothing. Jose, blame it on Rio. Yeah, Paul O'Neill. I love Buck, but Pinella had some unbelievable ejections. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Larusa or Cox? I know who Jeffy would like. Oh shot. damn you, Cox. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Jeffy. Uh, pl- you get one player thing here, and we we, we talked about some one of the very early shows. Uh, Bonds or Griffey. Those are my two favorite of all time. 
Bonds. Bonds the best player that I've seen play baseball. He's Correct. Unbelievable. Who was a better Yankee, Cano or Soriano? Come on. Come on. Not even close, right? I mean, it's Soriano. For, for oh, I was for, worried. Okay. For me. Yeah. Yeah. Cano, Cano couldn't even run a first base. All right. Um, yeah, he didn't want to. That's for sure. Can a sign? Can uh, if Cashman sticks around, can signing one or two players save the Yanks, or is it just a Cashman deal and we're doomed until? Well, I, I say this. I, I don't know if they play baseball anymore. It, it, like when I watch them, and I and I watch them quite a bit, is is a lot of them. They all try to do the same thing. Um, and I'm a big believer in getting guys that can do different stuff. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with, with striking out here and there with guys that are going to hit the ball out of the ballpark and hit for doubles and drive runs in. Um, but you need guys that can, can, can set the table. Um, you need guys that can steal. You guys need guys that can handle the bat. And I think the Yankees have lost that over the years. The glue guys that they had back when they had unbelievable teams – simply don't exist right now you know some of those young kids look like they may have it in them they just don't have enough experience yet and it's awfully hard to get experience in new york city um with the pressure that they have to win well they, they're going to start teaching bunting again did you guys read that that's the one the take away. that's the one takeaway yeah. yeah they're gonna bunt coach i want aaron Boone said it's gonna come back it's important now I want to piggyback on uh, Bobby Mack's question there. If you're the Yankee GM and you can only make one move this offseason, free agent, trade, what would it be? I'd get a pitcher. I'd get the best pitcher on the market, whoever that might be. I mean, I've talked about Blake Snell, and I know we talked about earlier that he doesn't he doesn't finish games, um, but I, I do think he has a knack to strike a lot of people out. And when you get into tough situations, you need a guy that can punch somebody out. And I like Snell. I think he's got plus stuff, left-handed. Um, and I don't think New York will scare yeah, him. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'd really stand. Well, so I'm, I'm with you. So he picked a fight with him in the media. Of course, you had to do it through the media, uh, just like he did when Judge re- rejected whatever offer, right? And Jeter. Uh, and Jeter. So, like, th- this is his latest ploy to get the fans on his side. We're sick of Hicks. He, f- he gets rid of Hicks. Hicks hits, like, 300 for a couple months. Gets rid of Donaldson. Donaldson's on a playoff roster. This summer, everyone's against him. He's swearing into these little press soirees he has. And uh, he gets rid of Stanton. That's our biggest thing right now, right, Stanton? I mean, come on, man. Come uh, on, That would dude. be a great day, though. But they're Band-Aids. They're day. all little Band-Aids. We need to make an incision, rip all that cancer out, and sew it back up. Get Paulie and Bernie back in there and Tino, for crying out loud. Yep. Get, get them on a coaching staff. I'll take Randolph on the bench for the sake right now. I'm going to throw some baseball terms out at you. Just to talk about Cashman real quick Go. on that. Like, I, don't, I don't understand why Cashman didn't just take it. Just take the beating. Like, they had a bad year. You know, guys got hurt. You got to, you know, he went and, and rant and rave and say things to the media. Just say, hey, listen, guys, we understand. We're the New York Yankees. We should be a really good team. We had a bad year. Okay, we're going to try to get better this year. But but going after and saying things to whether it's Stanton and, and listen, I mean, the game is hard. The game is, is, is probably, he's injury prone and all that other stuff. But 
I'm not sure that's the way the general manager of the New York Yankees should be acting. He should just 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 take it and, and move on and, and and make the team better this year. We're pretty effing good, is what he said, right? That's what he said. Sure yeah. What a worm. Just trying to weasel his way out. I just hate the philosophy. It just doesn't matter. Like I, by the way, Stan's agent is the same as the, the Yamamoto. Yeah. yeah, that's nice job, Cash. Hey, so um, Pat said before he wants somebody with a good battery who will dive. My guys that could run and handle the stick. We, we don't. They want. Don't. Hold on. They want pitchers that'll go deep into games. <laughs> if you're not better than the guy coming in, you're st- you're staying out there like the comedian, right? Um, this just in. Hal just called. We're going to hire Pat to uh That's why I told him in the, in the pre-production. We need him as the Yankee GM. Bigger sleep room. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, for the next time Herman oh, has an incident. <laughs> All right. Um, Pat, I'm going to throw a, bunt, or a, a baseball term out there at you. Tell me the first player you think of. Hopefully, hopefully you can go big leagues for us, but if it's a guy you coach because that's your business, uh, throw him out there. Be his uh, five seconds. Uh, <laughs> bunt. We're all in on this one, by the way. Fun. I know they don't do it anymore in the big leagues, so I'm going to go back to the guy that had 11 bump base hits a year for me, Dean Lockery. Where? Where? <laughs> at, at Central? At Central, yeah, because they don't do it a lot. I mean, I, if I go back and try to think about guys that can bump. Yeah, can we even uh, think of one? And Brett Butler, we Brett came out right, right away. Said, yeah. Yeah. Juan oh, Pierre? Oh, oh Juan Brett, Pierre. Brett uh, Butler. I think sure. I had Juan it. Pierre, Nigel Morgan, yeah. was he a bunter? Yeah. I think I had Otis Nixon. I mean, you're going way yeah. back, but. My man Otis. My man Otis. Kenny. Kenny Loft, another good one. You know who used to bump for hit every now and again? Donnie Baseball, because if the third baseman huh? was back, he dropped one. I'm not kidding. <laughs> when it. did you ever see that happen? Did you really? Look it up. And uh, by the way, Rizzo <laughs> had a couple with the shift. Is this a Yankee segment or a podcast? Relax. <laughs> All right, Pat. Situational hitting. Welcome to the show. <laughs> situational hitting. Um, Edgar Martinez. Not Stanton? That's unbelievable. <laughs> anybody? Even though he ripped our heart out all the time. I, I know. You guys got anybody? Um, I'll go uh, I'll go Gwyn. I was thinking Gwyn. I'll go Don Manningly. I'm going to say Paul Molitor. We got Don Father. Don Father wanted any. Well, yeah, I mean, you came storming he, he, down he, he, here. He, he, now he, nothing. He, he wasn't too bad either. Yeah, he was okay. <laughs> hey, the same situation every time. Get, get hit get a triple. Hit. <laughs> <laughs> Crocker, who you got? Dewey Evans? <laughs> Coach, walk off. Cheater. Yeah. Yes, sir. Ortiz, let's go. Oh, Come on. Boy. Joe Carter. Homers. Great eye. Soto. I'm thinking 96 World Series. Bogsy, Bogsy, swing at Bogsy against the lefty. I'm thinking Bonds. Kevin Euclid. Bonds, you ready? I'm thinking Tino because he took one in the World Series <laughs> yeah, that uh, many people would think is a strike. Yeah, he, and took it a strike. he took a strike. Langston thought it was there. It wasn't there. Um, hey, you know what's funny about the AAU world? Uh, like, if a guy's out but he runs the first base hard, the. the uh, Two people in the stands yell, good hustle, good hustle, John, or whatever. Um, that's the parents. And then, um, or when they don't swing at a pitch and it's called a ball, whether it is or not, they say it twice. They're like, good eye, good eye. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not that good of an eye. You didn't want to swing. No, it's a ball. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, stolen base. Ricky, Vince yeah. Coleman. I like Vince. I thought you were going to bring out the oven mitt. I was going to ask him about the oven mitt. I don't want to go no. there. I right. bet his guys wear them. I mean, I, I can't do it. They got it. 
Otherwise, if you don't want to play, they won't come Dave and play. in my ear. Oh, get out of here! Out of here with that. <laughs> Billy Hamilton, nice career. Um, Herb, Herb Washington. There we go. When we when we talk, uh, we're talking pitchers now. Shut out. Well, those don't exist talking anymore. Either. He's talking yeah, about well, the eighties. I got one. Gibson. Oh. I think he had. I think he had like. I gotta go back and look at it, but he had a ridiculous number of shutouts one year. He had like eight, some something like eighteen complete games, and like twelve of them were shutouts. Yeah. Well, I'm going with a guy with a similar sounding beginning of the name, with the G and the short I. Gidry. Remember we talked about that? Louisiana Shocker. Lightning? Shocker. Yeah, he wrestled alligators and he shut guys out. Um, let's talk. You can't say Mo. Save. Trevor Hoffman. What's his song? Bells Bells. Brocious right. liked Hoffman. Oh. Brocious Good liked night. him too. Good night. Uh, Bruce Souter as a kid. Lee Smith. I said the same thing. Hoffman, we did that. Reardon. Um, <laughs> a, a catcher with a hose. Who's the catcher? I got two. Um, Pudge, obviously. And you know what? An unbelievable arm was Charlie Johnson. Oh, Charlie Johnson. Good call. Nice. Yeah. He had a bazooka. Yeah. Marlins, yep. Yeah. That's what Good I heard. That's what Jeffy heard. Um, no Posada? I mean... He had a cannon. Come on, he just couldn't catch. Um, how about an outfielder with a with a hose? Jesse Barfield. Nice. He's all over uh, Twitter, by the way. Jesse. Is he? Yeah. Dwight Evans. Oh Dave God. Oh, Parker. Jackson. Jose Guillen. Vlad. Vlad. Ichiro. Pat. We could do this baseball oh, thing every yeah. once in a while if you I want to come this. back, man. Yeah, I love I'd love it. to do it during the season. Job, yeah, we'll have you on during the season. Hang on, we got a trivia question. We good? Oh, we got more stuff. I'm All just right. saying thanks to Pack because we're going to transition into bring some normal new, stuff. Bring Newman with you next All time. All right, so uh, UConn hoops up uh, 3-0. and I mean, the Natties are back. Uh, the, the boys from Piscataway, 3-1. and Trap game to start the year at Princeton. Um, yeah, everybody can shoot. It's not a trap game? Get out of here. I want to talk one relevant hoop thing right now, and I know, you know, Celts had a big win last night, and uh, more step back heroics and all that kind of stuff, and LeBron's doing great, and w- whatever. Um, how about the Clippers can't win with this guy? I love it. Can't they're all one game. Why, why would you think they would? Dude, they're all history repeating itself. Okay, so Draymond, um, his latest act of violence, which is what he does. He's a violent. He's a He's a thug. Mm-hmm. I know he has a podcast. I know he likes to sound. He likes to come back at people to have a different opinion than him. He's bristly. He's oh, worse than bristly. He's never coming back on this one again. If you're going to keep, you know, going. He, no, he's out. He's. He wouldn't even be bristly. He's like. He's a jackass. Yeah. All right. So. Forget about what happened last. Was it last night or two nights ago? Two nights ago. Two nights ago. Um. Well, let's not forget about it. Well, wouldn't you love to see Draymond walk up to Rudy face-to-face and see what might happen? Because I remember hearing Rudy's a pretty tough guy. He came up from behind him and choked him for 30 seconds or so. I mean, what is that? Is this WWF? Or, I, what's I your know. guy's takes on Draymond? That's that's what I'm asking. He's a loser. I, we've I'm talked about it. Like he, 
if you put him, he, like he's a great role player. He's a great role player. Like teams need guys like that to win. He's an instigator, obviously, but you put him on the Wizards. He's drafted by the Wizards. He's just another stiff. Sits at the end of the bench. I did read something where um, he's been ejected like 12 times now or something, 14 times, and like eight of them have been when Steph Curry hasn't played. He was ejected he, two days before that, too. Yeah, so like he gets thrown out like when Curry doesn't play. Like people, doesn't there was, play. That was all over Twitter about but, like he's going to get ejected. But do the Warriors win one chip without him? I can't stand the guy. Win I don't one? think they win without him. Uh, no, like I think with KD and, and, and Clay healthy, they're probably – Pretty good. No, I mean, again, they you need guys like I mean, he does a lot of the dirty work and stuff, but is, is he a superstar? No. I mean, but there's talk of him already about being a Hall of Famer. He, he's he's going to make he, a Hall of Fame. He's, they, he, he's got four championships, and he's a, you know, oh, a, a okay. great well, defender. I've asked you guys this before, then. How the hell is Big Shot Bob not a Hall of Famer with seven? Uh, what? He's just a, Look at the he's statistics. He's still a jump shooter, though. Like, he's not. He's oh, no, good. no, 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 no. You might want to look at these well, Wasn't numbers, Draymond, man. what, two-time defensive player of the year, like yeah. five-time all-defense? Oh, come on, I man. can't stand the guy, but. Big shot, Bob. I mean, when you're getting, tr- you know, the superstars on that team are getting triple teamed, and he's standing there by himself. This big shot was one shot he made all game. Eight-time all-defense, only one-time de- defensive player of the year, first of all. I think he would have done that to Charles Oakley. That's, that's a great point, you know? No, because he'd fear would, for his life. Because Charles would try to kill him. Yeah, I don't think he'd do it to Anthony. What is nuts? What's his nuts? Was uh, what's Mason? His name? Mason. All right, I got a, I got another one for you then because I'm I don't want to hear this guy's a Hall of Famer because he does dirty well, work. You're the one who says always says to me I'm too hard of a grader. Like I don't think Rodman should be in the Hall of Fame, but he is, and that's somebody you could compare Draymond to. How how so? He's he's a role player. He was a great role player, Rodman. I mean, he was he's great rebounder. Twenty defender. rebounds a night, like for a while. And he's like, a humongous distraction. But Draymond was an all. He's an all star. Draymond's a much better offense. He's an all star. Draymond. Was. Rodman was an all star once, right? One time. But Kevin Love. What about him? How does he compare to Draymond? And is he a Hall of Famer? No. Um, he's a better all around player than him. Mm-hmm. Is he a Hall of Famer? Probably. He'll, he'll make it someday. He's not going to be one of those guys that makes it right away. His numbers blow Draymond's out yeah, of the I mean, water. Until he played with LeBron, and he has to stand in the corner and shoot jumpers. Well, that's because point LeBron. Le jerk. How about my man Jerome Kersey? What about him? Did a lot of dirty work. He's not tough all, guy. Nah. I'm not saying he is either, but why is Draymond getting this pass? Because I think Jordan wanted. Poole was right. I think Jordan Poole was right. You're, you're an expensive backpack for number 30, and he slugged him at because he couldn't handle it. And he's freaking right, man. He's right. Um all right, how about Jordan I'll give you a good one. No championships. Tom Chambers. Not a Hall of Famer. I good. agree. His his numbers really destroyed Draymond. He won a dunk contest. Come on. I don't had, think he had did. an all-time dunk. Didn't he? No, he had an all-time no, dunk. No, you're thinking of when he put his knee in Mark Jackson's lip? Yep. <laughs> Whatever. You guys don't want to uh you guys want to kiss uh Draymond's butt, no, you know, who, you like everybody else. Like, he sucks. Don't like dude. At all. They don't even guard him out there. Right. Not, I'm not disagreeing. He's a 30% shooter. You asked me if I think he's going to make the Hall of Fame. I said yes. You no, don't like I said, it. is he a Hall of Famer? Don't be bristly with me. I said, is he a Hall of Famer? You said, well, he's going to make know, it. He's going like to make him. it. He's a Would role I vote player. For him? No. Roll back the tape. You said he's in because I Draymond. like him. Uh, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. That's not the point. Should he be? No. Should Rodman be in? Rodman's tough. I, I got to say, yeah. 
Uh, Don Father, is Wemby going to be a Hall of Famer? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's not going to play three years. No, he's not going to play three years. He's not going to play three years. Should Pucka be in? Should Mattingly be in? Yeah. Mattingly should be in. kidding me? Neither should be in. What? If, Neither if, should be in. I think if Puck, I think if Puckett's in, I agree with if Puckett's in, then, then that's what I'm saying. That's what I was going to say. Puckett gets in. Puckett, I think, got in because of the two World Series. Maybe, but from '84 to '88, Mattingly was the best player in baseball. Puckett never, never put right up those on your kind of wall, numbers. right in the studio. Look at it, right there. It says uh, it. Hey, Bobby <laughs> Mack. By the way, how's uh, Jordan Hawkins doing? Well, Jay's got him cut already. Yeah. He had 31 the other night. I mean. Zans. They're doing pretty well, too, huh? How many losses in a row? Is that six? We don't care. We just know the Hawk is <laughs> no, scoring. No, Hawk. He's scoring. He's Ray Light, man. Zion's tapping. Zion's tapping out already. Uh, Zion's going to be a Nick. Yep. All right. Take him. Angry Jay, go for it. Trivia question? Yeah. You want an easy one or a hard one? Come on, bring Pat, what do you want? I want a hard one. All right, All let's right. do it. Four guys in Major League history who have hit a home run in their teens and in their 40s. Andrew Jones? Uh, no. Pujols? No. Ken Griffey Sr.? No. Bonds? No. Junior? So he played 22 years at least, right? At least, yeah. Mini Minosa? No. Manny Moda. Quiet for a second. Manny Moda. I'll tell you this. There's only one guy that's really old. Like like an old-timer. Old, old, old-timer. The rest of them are modern? They're, yeah. More modern? Mick? No. I, I don't know. Come on. Give us a hint or move it along. It's bad radio here. <laughs> Well, uh, you want a tough question. You can't even I come know. up with a goddamn answer. I know. Now give us a hint for the tough question. Even, I know. We're we're talking one. one guy in the, in the early 1900s. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. I got his card. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who is it? It's probably worth a lot, then. Ty Rob? Cobb. You ever hear of him? Yeah, he didn't he even was... have his hands together on that bat. <laughs> he hit a dinger. He hit a dinger. for Central. Two guys, played for the, like this. two guys played for the Yankees uh, at some point in their career. I'm not sure if you go back, back that far. And the other guy, I'll give you another hint. He has, he's the only guy in Major League history to have uh, 500 hits with four different teams. What? Yeah. Say that one more. He was a Met, like a big Met. Say it again. Which one? Just the hint they just gave. One of the guys had 500 hits with four different teams. The only guy in Major League history to do it. And he played in his 40s for the Mets. Did he play? Eddie Murray? He didn't play for the Mets. Redhead. Rusty? Rusty Stop. Oh, man. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to say Rusty Koontz. Remember on, that guy about, for the Pirates? He's a great pinch hitter for the Tigers. Yeah. yeah. How about the other two? Come on. It's not hard. They're 500. One guy, you know, come on. 500, 600 home runs. A Rod? A Rod's one of them. That's three. So Cobb, Stab, A Rod, and. Jeter? No. Played for a bunch of teams Brewers, Mets, Marlins. Yankees, Dodgers. His son is really big on uh, X now. He does that. Gary oh, Sheffield. Gary Sheffield. That's four. Oh, I'm, ex- I'm exhausted. With the easy know, one, you guys. What the hell? <laughs> What's the easy? Jesus, on, man. This is supposed to be fun. <laughs> Let's go with the easy one. The easy one. There's only four guys in Major League history who have walked two thousand times. Barry. Barry Bonds is one of them. Pete Rose? 
No. You said it like it was an awful uh, guess. It, it is an awful guess. You, are you insulting? I mean, Jesus. Boxy? No. What the hell? I mean, a guy had uh, 4,200 hits. He couldn't walk a couple thousand times? I don't think he walked 100 times in a year. Oh, bull crap. He walked. Oscar is so kind. He never, he never took a pitch. Um, all right. That, that air time. A couple hints, man. Oh, Barry and her. We need hints on these guys? Come on, man. Jesus Christ. They're all in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Do they deserve to be there? Greatest leadoff hitter of all time. Uh, Draymond Green. <laughs> I mean, Henderson. Ricky Henderson is two. Yeah. Get that many walks. How about the greatest? Why would you want home run hitter of second. all time? Roger Maris. Babe. Babe. There's three. Guy with the greatest eye of all time. Teddy. Teddy ball game. Ted Williams. There we go. Well, Jesus. My God, Jesus! I'll dumb him down next week. <laughs> All right, this fantasy segment brought to you by uh, Capital Securities, a life well planned. Joe Moriello. Um, nine years ago tonight, Jonas Gray at the Patriots. Remember this? Um, four TDs. Stock. What? Jonas Gray for the Patriots. He had his one hit wonder. Four touchdowns against the Colts this on this night nine years ago. I do not remember that. Well, guys were probably picking him up on fantasy the next morning and never heard from him again. All right, fantasy report. Don Father, let's go. Let's I go, got, Cowboys. I got I got a question for Coach real quick though. How come the gymnastics thing never worked for Bobby Mack? Like he's been in Leah Towers more than anybody else I know, and he has oh, never went to anything for him. They're, they're built just slightly different. A little different. All right, all right. They're just called Lululemons now, dude. Shut <laughs> the hell up. <laughs> I was going to say this, Coach. I had a center fielder that was like, he was just, he could run him down. He couldn't hit, but like he was just talented in every sport. And, uh, you know, I knew that he danced as a kid. And like his teammates and buddies didn't know that until later on. As soon as I let the cat out of the bag, it was all over. Uh, But like, seriously, you know who it is, man. Talking about Pico? It's your yeah. It's the great Dan Gazinski, man. He was a dancer, and his calves oh, were like Jordan's. He's, he's like get sixth grade. Yeah. Shout out Dan. Go Cowboys. Go. Litchfield Cowboys. Go All right, Mac. We start with our dumpster fire of the week, and I got you know I can't use the same team where I pick the Giants or Patriots every week. Got to start with the Bills. I mean, that what's was going on, man? Firing a coordinator. Awful. I mean. Terrible. How do you lose that game? At home, Monday night football, stupid penalties. Josh Josh Allen is... He's overrated. He's leading the NFL in interceptions. He's overrated. But they say he doesn't have enough weapons. I mean, that team is is just terrible. Um, And look at their games. Their next four games, Jets, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys. Those are the Bills' next four games. Losing the last one. Are they winning any of them? They might be the Jets, but one in three at best. Is Is that a home or away? I don't have that detail, Coach. Uh, but <laughs> it'll be cold. I know. It'll be cold. If it's in New York, they're going to lose. You have to be determined. Uh, okay. It'll definitely be in New York. <laughs> so, I mean, they're, they're, they're at best. Oh, good point. Yeah. Good point. They're at best six and eight. At best six and eight, and they're still going to play the Dolphins after that. I mean, are they making the playoffs? Tua? No. Playoff time for I, fantasy? I agree. Tua's I don't think they're going to make nuts. the playoffs. Playoffs. Um, playoffs. <laughs> Talk about Brisley. All right, so we're going to go last. Last week, Stardom Center was fantastic. I said sit Ramondre, sit uh, Derek Henry and Travis Etienne. They were all garbage. Trevor Lawrence, remember that was here? It was, it was perfect. I said start Purdy, Rashad White, and uh, Noah Brown. Great week. So hopefully everybody cashed in Purdy on that last week. Purdy wasn't great, right? It, 
He only had 28 fantasy points, I okay. think. Okay, all right, go ahead. Sitting on our bench. Um, so uh, this week we're starting Josh Dobbs. I mean, he's 25 fantasy points the last two games each. Uh, he's been absolutely on fire, and the Broncos are giving up quarterback production like nobody else in the NFL. They're better than they were when they gave up 70, but uh, they're, they're pretty bad right now. And I'm Ballsy si- move by the Vikes, right? It's awesome. And he might and have the, Jefferson can't back. Can't the Brownies I mean, do that? You remember Slick Watts? Yeah. Supersonics. Oh, my Josh God. Dobbs. It looks just like him. What did you say? I thought it was Villanueva, Charlie. What did um, you say? The can't the Brownies do that? Do what? They the had them. They Minnesota had them. Yeah, no, yeah, they, they, need they needed a quarterback. They went out and got the best available quarterback. I don't even know if he was available. <laughs> Dobbs was on the Browns in August. I know, but he wa- he was on the Cardinals because they got lucky against Browns the Cowboys. Are gonna, they're going to be fine. Tim Wait, Bur- who, that guy? Tim Burns said the kid from UCLA is a winner. He tucks in champion sweatshirts He's back a winner. There. He's a winner. <laughs> All right. All right, Don Father, go ahead. All right, we're, we're sitting Trevor Lawrence against Tennessee. He's awful. Uh, so I guess a little, little trivia question here. What do, what do Tommy DeVito, Clayton Tune, and Zach Wilson all have in common? They suck. All had more fantasy points than Trevor Lawrence last week. Wow. All three of those guys had more fantasy points than Trevor Lawrence. He is awful. Awful. Tennessee is not even good. He's just really bad right now. You can't play him. He's terrible. He's almost drop-worthy. Uh, running backs were starting uh, James Conner at the Texans. He had great volume last week in his first game back, and the Texans allowed – 11 points or more to four running backs in a row, so he's an easy start. And we're sitting Pacheco against Jay's Eagles. Uh, even though the Chiefs are great off bye, Andy Reid's great off a bye. Uh, he's Overrated. had seven or less points the last two weeks. And uh, no team, Angry Jerry like this, has allowed less points to fantasy running backs than the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm sitting Pacheco on Monday. No mention on wide receiver. <laughs> I haven't mentioned I have a question <laughs> about that, though. Uh, we're starting at Mac. Might be Matt Tankdale, who you wanted to pick up four weeks ago. Would have been a great call by you. They'd be more assertive next time. Um, playing Arizona. He scored 18 points in three of his last four games. Nico Collins is playing, but banged up. So Tankdale is, uh, is going to stream, and they're really weak against outside uh, receivers. Uh, Arizona against everybody, but weak against outside guys. Uh, you're going to sit Deontay Johnson. I mean, he's averaged, I think, six catches a week for the last four weeks since he's, he's been back. throwing it to himself? They're, they're throwing a lot, but they're playing the Browns. Oh, done. And the Browns are only giving up, <laughs> the Browns are giving up 10 catches a game to wide receivers. Like 10 in the entire game. That's <laughs> Look at him. Yeah, I know. Audis and never, never land over there. Uh, tight ends. I'm just going to start, start Trey McBride. I think I've mentioned his name three times on this show in the last month. He's a beast. He had 14 targets last week with Kyler's first game back. He's going to get double-digit targets every week, even as a flex. He's worth a flex start, Trey McBride. He's going to be seven catches, 80 yards, maybe maybe a tutty every week, maybe not a tutty every week. I'm not sure. Is he available in Vermont or no? Uh, he might be in as a flex. League? We're going to okay. probably need a flex this week. We're right. weak. Uh, I got trivia. You might have heard it. If you did, then sorry. Coach, you got to be involved in these questions. So a couple weeks ago, you saw T.J. Watt got his 88th sack in his first 100 games, moving to second in all time for the sack list. Do you know who we passed who had 87 and a half? This is a two-part question. So he has 88 in his first 100 games. He's now second on the list. Who did he move past who had 87 and a half sacks? Half a sack... Less than him in first, his first 100 games. He had a half a sack less? Yeah. Watt, it's like a bad TJ accident. has 88. He passed somebody that had 87 and a half. LT. I'll say LT. I'm not even paying It was his brother, JJ. 
Get out. He passes his brother, but they're both they're both seven yeah, they're both seventeen sacks behind the all time leader in Get their out. first one hundred games. The all time leader has hundred and five sacks in his first hundred and fifty jerk. Yeah. <laughs> angry got it. It was Reggie White. Did well, I text that to you, Angry? He's, he's Googling it. How many does Miles Garrett have? Oh, yeah, here we go. I, I have a he Miles Garrett question, actually, coming up Two too. months, swinging a helmet at the pit. So there's the one team in the NFL that has a, what they call a negative pass differential. So one team is allowed 19 touchdown passes and only has four interceptions. So it's a negative 15 touchdown passes to interceptions. Everybody gets one guess. I wouldn't expect you would. Um, so 19 touchdown passes allowed, only it ain't four the interceptions. So they're the worst in the NFL in differential between touchdowns allowed and interceptions. Do they have an 8-1 record? Arizona. I'm going to say the Chargers. Bears. Eagles. It is the Philadelphia Eagles. Best record in the NFL, worst differential when it comes to passing touchdowns and interceptions. All right, you guys might angry probably get this one. C.J. Stroud has 826 passing yards in his last two games. Only one other rookie quarterback has a two-game stretch of 800 or more passing yards. Who is it? Oof. And by the way, it was game one and two of the season of his rookie year. Wow, really? So it's got to be re- recent, right? It is. It's recent. I mean, within the last 20 years. <laughs> well, I don't know what you consider recent. You're having Ty Cobb trivia questions crying out loud. No, it's recent, right? Am I, Twenty am years I ago. Making fun of your trivia question? It's I don't know. You're the hecklers in the in the peanut hour. Yeah. You said within the last twenty years, so it can't be Kozar. You're good at math. You're a teacher. I get it. All right. <laughs> Not really. Fizz in. Because <laughs> I was immediately I was asking because I was going to go with Marino right away, but more recent. Who you got, Bobby Mac? Um, eight hundred. He's over eight hundred in his first two games of his first career. two games. Wow, I have no idea. I can give more recent last fifteen years. That's as qu- that's as close <laughs> as I'm going now. Peanut Gallery, got anything? Peyton? Breeze, because it's 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 as Max says, it's dead air. Breeze. It is Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Yeah, wow. 400 yards his first game ever. Yeah, 400 and something yards his first game Get ever. Get out of here. He should be a Brown so, by the end of the I got, week. I got the Lottie, uh, Miles Garrett trivia question. Okay, so Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. He had a, <laughs> he got 10 sacks last week, so that's. 10 sacks last week. That's pretty good. I impressive. mean, uh, geez, that's 10 sacks record. in um, six of his first seven seasons already. Now, he's, you know, he's played seven seasons. That's 10 sacks at least. Only three other players have had. That feat. So 10 sacks in six well, of your first seven Reggie. seasons. That to be Reggie, as mentioned before. Reggie is one. LT? Nope, surprisingly Dar- not. Derek Br- Thomas? Bruce Smith? No and no. How about that nut for the Rams? What's his name? I can tell you one thing. They both played for the same team at one point. Oh, the sack exchange? Nope. Greg Lloyd? Randall? Nope, nope. All right, who is it? Watch. It is Von Miller and Demarcus Ware. Oh, nice. Nice. Believable, too. Yeah, All right, wrap, wrapping it up with one more question, Mac. Jeez. Justin Herbert now has the all-time record for passing yards in his first four seasons in NFL history. Passing this weekend, he passed the guys in first and second. He was third going into the weekend. He's now first all-time. 
who did he pass that were in, that were in first and second are now in second and third for passing yards in their first four seasons? Manning. I heard one of them in the back. And I heard one of them over here. Manning and Marino, one and two all-time passing yards in the first four years. How better yeah. Chargers, by the way? How bad is that defense? Oh, it's great to watch See, from fantasy, though. Either, yeah. the, their offense, they scored five they touchdowns in their last five possessions. That's where Jim Harbaugh is going to coach next year, I heard. And coach the Chargers. Belichick. By the way, they announced the uh, you see they announced the MVPs, baseball MVPs. Oh no, yeah. both unanimous. Otani and Okuda. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the Otani personally. Right, we talked about that. We agree. Well, Angry and I agree, anyways. All right, guys. Cole won a Cy Young. That's all you got to know. Ten twenty six, twenty twenty three. It's the first episode of Bristol Boys. Lottie and Mac on the sack. Uh, Subscribers, we're very sorry. You'll find your way. We'll get you there. Uh, technician extraordinaire Kevin Ross in the studio tonight. Going to make this happen. We want to thank our special guest, the coach. Yeah. We don't even need to say his name. He's the coach. That was awesome. Thanks for coming. Pat coach. Hall, Central yeah, Connecticut. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Go yeah. Cowboys. Fire Cash. Thank you, Coach. Um, hey, how about rest in peace to our guy, Pat Green. Bristol legend. Bristol legend Pat Green going down. Uh, we're going to have a meeting about him right now. Take care of business. Um, that's why we're named Bristol Boys. Take care that's of right. Bristol Boys. Actually, it's Bristol Br- Boys. My bad. Brist- <laughs> Bristol legion legend. Yeah. I thought he was more of a hoop guy. Great hoop guy, but he was on the 84-85 uh, team that went to New Orleans for the World Series. Get for Bristol here. legion, yeah. Yep. Not to mention city sports. That's right. Rest in peace. Good night, everybody. Did you know Pat at all? I've met him a few times.